Good morning. Thank you for joining us today on Tetelestai. Yesterday I was talking about grace space and the church being a center for recovery and healing for those who have fallen, those who have found themselves in sin, caught up in sin. And we're all sinners. We all recognize that we should as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the church should be a place where people who have fallen into sin can come, find healing, find help, find encouragement, find love, and find themselves being aided on a road to recovery and healing with people walking alongside of them in love, encouraging them, holding them up in prayer, being honest with them and forthright, not sugarcoating things at times. Sometimes there's bluntness that's needed and and confrontation, accountability, but it's always couched and found in an atmosphere of grace and love. Even when the truth is spoken, truth needs to be spoken, obviously. Paul said one of the manifestations of love is this speaking the truth in love. We don't hide it. We don't, we're not ashamed of the truth. We speak the truth, but we do it in and out of and from a place of love. But a lot of times when people in the church fall, they get caught in some sin and they begin to experience the consequences of those actions. And sometimes they are painful. Sometimes the actions that we take result in the loss of a job, the loss of our reputation, the loss of family, the loss of financial security, the loss of being able to walk into a place with our head held high and then finding ourselves walking in, if we dare, hanging our heads in shame. Emotional consequences, mental torment, agonizing shame and condemnation that pound us. And when we begin to experience those things, our immediate response is, why is God doing this to me. He's taken me to the woodshed. He is punishing me. He is getting back at me for what I did when nothing could be further from the truth. You know, even in the scripture, when we see people who have fallen, let's take, for example, David. David committed adultery. David committed murder. When he is confronted about it by Nathan the prophet, finally, David as we see in Psalm 51, acknowledges his sin. He acknowledges it before God. He confesses it. Bathsheba is pregnant. David knows that the child may or may not, he's not sure whether the child's going to live, if God's going to allow the child to live or not. We don't know. But nonetheless, obviously David is praying. The child is not well. The child does pass away. And David puts on his clothes after his mourning, and he goes on about his life. But then we start seeing other things that begin to happen. There's division in David's kingdom. There's upheaval in his household. From that time on, there are all kinds of ramifications that stem from David's actions. They're horizontal ramifications around him and his kingdom and his family, so on and so forth. Now, God forgave David. God cleansed David. 
David was restored completely by God, but yet the circumstances horizontally in his life were bad. But it wasn't that God was punishing David. It was simply David set something in motion and these consequences then began to play themselves out in various ways. Solomon, same way. Anybody's life that you look at in scripture, whenever they sin, we know that obviously when we come to before God and we confess it and we acknowledge it before God, we know that we're forgiven. He promises that. There's no condemnation. There's no judgment against us. It is gone. It's forgotten. God's cast it into the deepest sea. It's It doesn't exist anymore. And yet we may find in our lives consequences that are painful that we begin to experience it because of that. And again, it's not that God is punishing us, but it is simply the result of us setting into motion some inevitable events or consequences by our foolish actions. And honestly, when you stop and think about it, let's just be truthful. Sin is stupid. It's not just the fact that, obviously, when we're in, when we're in the moment and temptation is screaming our name and pulling and tugging at our heart, it appears good. It feels good. It is attractive. I mean, we wouldn't fall into the trap if it wasn't an attractive trap. And most of the time, especially when there are physical things involved, physical drives, physical desires, physical longings, emotional longings, emotional internal desires when they're there and they're crying out to be fulfilled. And we then yield to them in a moment of weakness. We make the choice to do so. We sin. We fall into the trap. And sometimes we go through a complete, we go through this cycle after cycle after cycle. We fall, we, oh, we confess, we repent, we try to do better, then we fall again, then we fall again. And again, we keep thinking, okay, now the result of my fall has now caused some ripple effects in my horizontal relationships here, my family, my workers, my friends. And Sometimes those are not positive things. And again, depending on the nature of our sin, depending on the depth of our sin, the impact of it, how public or private or whatever it was, relationships can be hurt and destroyed. Again, families can be divided. It, it can cost us greatly. But we didn't stop to think. We just didn't pause long enough to consider, if I do this, if I say this, what are going to be the horizontal ramifications of this? Because most of the time in the heat of the moment, we just don't stop and think. We don't stop and say, this is a stupid thing to be saying or doing. It is just stupid. It's foolish. Because again, look at all the pain. And the ripple effects are not just in our own lives. Those ripple effects from some of our, th some of our sins can go far beyond us personally. But again, we cannot confuse the fact that sin has horizontal consequences. But those horizontal consequences are not the result of God being angry with us, taking us to the woodshed, punishing us because he is very, very hacked off with us because of what we didn't know. 
He's forgiven us. He loves us. He sees us perfect, clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. We are forgiven and we are truly free. And we are loved by him in spite of what we've done. He loves us. He loves us perfectly. But a lot of times the enemy is very good at confused, getting us confused with the fact that the horizontal consequences and telling us, see, see, God is punishing you because he hates you. He doesn't love you. You don't need to pray to him. He doesn't want to hear from you. Don't open that Bible. Blah, 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 blah. On and on and on he goes. But even in spite of the horizontal consequences, and I've said this several times this week, even in spite of the horizontal consequences of our sin, God can turn that into something positive. He can use the consequences of our sin to push us into a greater freedom in Jesus, to push us to experience a greater degree of liberty that Christ died to give us if we will allow him to even work through and we will yield to him working through the negative consequences of our actions I mean, really, as Robert Capon used to say, you, you are free to sin. Just like you're free to stick your hand in a meat grinder. Go ahead and do it. You can do it all you want. But don't be surprised that when you stick your hand in that meat grinder, it's going to hurt like heck. And it's going to mangle you. It's going to mutilate you. But you're free to do it. Just how many times do you want to keep doing it? How many times do you want to keep hurting? Because again, Capon, as he you know, so beautifully states, realizes there are horizontal consequences to our sins. We, we, we can't escape that. But vertically, vertically, everything's been fixed by Jesus. And once we get that reality settled in our heart that God does love us, God has forgiven us, God is not punishing us, God is not you know, angry with us, God has not rejected us, God has not taken us to the woodshed, but that what I'm experiencing are just the simple, natural consequences of a stupid thing that I did, and it was stupid, and acknowledge that, then begin to say, okay, God, I know that you. this isn't from you. I need your help to navigate it. I need your help and grace to get me through it. I need your strength to power me through here and get me to the other side. Because sometimes when we're in those places, it's like we're in a a dark tunnel, and there is or seems to be no light at the end of it at all. It only seems to be getting darker. But know this, that in the midst of your dark place, you're still held. You're still loved. You're still accepted. You're still forgiven. You still have grace upon grace being poured out on you every day. And your Father looks with, at you with eyes of acceptance, love, and a love that he has in his heart for you is the same love that he has for his own son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And nothing you have done or could ever do will change that. Again, it doesn't mean that if you do stupid things, there's not going to be horizontal consequences. There will be. But it does mean that once you realize that and believe it, it can help get you through some of the darkest places of your life because sometimes our stupid actions put us in some very dark places. Hope you're encouraged today to know that God loves you. Whatever you're going through, 
He has not turned his back on you at all. He will see you to the other side. And I pray that today you will experience the grace, peace, joy, and love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.